0: Who are they? One, two, three, (gasps)
1: hmm. Night boat to Cairo. Joe Swanson with uh, Joe Swanson's Propaganda Podcast and this is going to be episode five and my guest today uh, is Jojo Ackerman, uh, an amazing tattooer. Uh, You can find out more about him at uh, AmericanMadeTattoo.com, find him on Instagram uh, at uh, Jojo Ackerman, that's two N's at the end of his name and... uh (coughs) Excuse me. In this episode, we uh, we talked about a lot of different shit, from big um, scale tattoo work to technology, um, work ethic, a lot of different cool stuff. So um, we talked about the uh, SFO tattoo convention that just happened a little bit, and um, you know. So if you enjoy uh, what you're hearing and uh, the the guests that are on the show. Um, you can support the podcast a couple different ways. Uh, Come get tattooed. I'm going to be uh, tattooing at Black Dagger Tattoo uh, in Vacaville, California, which is my shop. I'll be there um, let's see, tomorrow and Thursday and Friday uh, for half day. Um, So from noon until eight on Wednesday and Thursday and from noon until about five o'clock on Friday. So Give me a call, 707-452-8282. Uh, That's the shop number. Get a hold of me or email me at ogjoeswanson at gmail.com. That's the easiest way to support the uh, podcast. Now, if you're not in close proximity to me, um, I also have a poster that I'm selling. You can find that on Instagram at ogjoeswanson. Um, it is a. Uh, P- poster um, that I'm selling for80 dollars it has uh, it says this is um, it says these are machines this is a gun it's a the old uh, throwback to the old uh, um, calling a tattoo machine a gun so that poster is available for 80 bucks uh, you can hit me up or PayPal uh, me at blackdagger at gmail.com that's the uh, that's the PayPal 80 bucks uh, 10% of that um, everyone that I sell. I'm going to be donating to the Amsterdam Tattoo Museum. So I'm going to do a limited run of 25 uh, Again, they're $80. bucks. they are going to be printed by Jay Foren over uh, in New York. Super high-quality prints. So um, hit me up, um, and I'll get you one of those out. Uh, the other way is to, you know, just let your friends know. Um, the podcast is up on Stitcher now, so you can go up on Stitcher, listen to it, tweet it facebook it share it with your friends um and you know just uh comment uh so if you go on itunes you can subscribe you can listen and then you can comment or rate and review uh do that kind of stuff and um that'd be great um i'm also working on this week i'm going to get some new stuff set up on my uh, on a new site i'll let you guys know about that on the um one of the next upcoming podcasts so uh That should be coming shortly, and then you'll be able to buy uh, both of my DVDs, uh, the painting DVD and my uh, tattoo style drawing DVD, through me directly. Um, Right now, you can still get them. Support Kingpin Tattoo Supply, Relied Tattoo Supply, Bickney Tattoo Supply, and TattooFlashbooks.com. So they sell that for me, and um, great guys, so support them. Uh, And in doing so, you're supporting me. So. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything, give me a holler, Swanson at gmail.com, and um, you can also hit me up on, on Twitter at the same, and uh, that's about it. So without any uh, other craziness, here is episode five of Joe Swanson Propaganda Podcast with uh, my guest, tattoo legend Jojo Ackerman. This is the Joe Swanson Propaganda Podcast, and I am absolutely honored to uh, be speaking with, in my opinion, uh, a legend in the tattoo community, and um, I had the pleasure of catching up with him at the uh, uh, State of Grace convention a little bit and meeting him in person and um, chatting, and it was amazing. Uh, Mr. Jojo Ackerman is my guest today. How are you doing, man?
0: I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for the nice words there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's heartfelt, man. I I started tattooing in the early, you know, mid nineties and, you know, from the very beginning, I think you've been tattooing what, 20 something years? Yeah,
0: this actually uh, is my 20th year.
1: Yeah. So a few years ahead of, ahead of me. And I remember seeing your stuff in in magazines and, and uh, you know, looking at it in awe and, and, uh, was really stoked on it from the very beginning. I mean, it was you're one of those guys that, whose name came up, and and I would see from time to time, and it was it was always great, fucking stellar work. So um, I appreciate um, that. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh,
0: you know, that, as it's all the stuff from back then. is all the stuff I kind of hide. I hide in the Tupperware bin, <laughs> shed somewhere nowadays.
1: Right. Exactly. Oh, oh shit. Goes. Uh, dude, I was looking at some some pictures. I just found some pictures and uh, that I had from back in this had to been in the late you know a couple years into tattooing and oh my god it was so horrendous it was uh it was it's interesting to look back and then look at now and and shit man it's interesting to look back for me even you know just a couple a couple of years you know to see the progression in 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 the work do you find that the same way
0: Oh, yeah, totally. I was laughing just now about that because I have a a guy that I know that tattoos and uh, he told me that he ran out and got all of his old uh, portfolios and stuff and uh, threw them all in the trash. <laughs> so nobody would ever be able to link his uh, his name with the work if they ever found it somewhere, you know? <laughs> <He was laughs> That's super, yeah, I just thought it was pretty funny.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I know
0: the feeling, but I'm going to hang on to some of it, you know?
1: Oh, for sure, and okay, throw it in the trash. No, not at all. I mean, I and I've just lost pictures over the years, but uh, you know, I still have a little box of them. I still have a box of letters and cards and stickers and and just a bunch of that shit. Paintings uh, yeah. from way back, and and uh, honestly, I wish I had more of it. You know, it, it's so much of that stuff has has such nostalgic and and you know sentimental value to. You know, to the owner, and you know it just gets kind of lost over the over time and through moving and and different shops, and you know you lose it, but it, it's nice to go and reminisce about it for sure,
0: oh yeah, my wife considers me a pack rat. I have boxes of the stuff i'm I'm obsessed with collecting and I just, I just came back from the Bay Area with a whole new you know chunk of stuff from all the people up there that were super cool just. Here's postcards. Here's some stickers. You know, stop by the booth, chat up for a little bit, and yeah, come home with. The, I had to, you know, get a separate bag to bring everything home in. It was great.
1: That's amazing. That's a good trip right there. Um, oh yeah. H- how cool is that fucking convention, man? I mean, the the top of the top of everybody in the community that's that's doing and pushing tattooing. Uh, that was to me for me, and 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 I wonder what your experience was like walking around there and reminiscing. It was. It's my, um, mind blowing.
0: Yeah, my whole thing with it this time around was I, I was uh, I've worked that convention for a lot of years, but mm-hmm. now it's I didn't, I didn't work it this year, and I just went and got there on Saturday night and did the convention on Sunday. And to be honest, it was I don't know a little more exciting and fun because i got to actually talk to people get you know get into a little bit more of like the tech talk stuff where you like you know kind of talk about ideas and design yeah. work and mm-hmm. what you've been up to and you know cruise by a few people's booths that had some large work going on and showing off you know some of the clients that they had there and some of the co-workers that had you know like back pieces and stuff and i was just it was more inspiring than sitting behind the table trying to, trying to pedal like the shirts and, and trying you know, doing tattoos and stuff to be honest at a lot better time.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I've worked, I haven't worked that convention. I've worked other, other conventions. I find it a, a little bit the same. I mean, this time for me, it was, it was pretty fucking cool. Cause I, I kind of got to catch up with a lot of different guys that I had, um, you know, been friends with over the years. And, um, you know, I've moved around and, and, gone through some shit in the last couple of years and it was almost like a homecoming for me. I, you know, I was able to really just catch up and, and again, reminisce and, and it was, it was an amazing time, but yeah, to see all the large scale work. You know, we talked about that a little bit, uh, when we were, you know, catching up at the convention and, and one of the things that I was recalling when I first started, it was a, it was a piece, a couple different pieces in in the old Tattoo Time magazine uh, that Ed Hardy put out and it was that back piece that he did of this uh, large hot air balloon and it was all this like blue background real soft and and the hot air balloon had a lot of almost Victorian as I recall it almost like Victorian filigree on it and it was gold and Um, I remember looking at that shit just going holy fuck at that time you know been tattooing a couple months had no fucking idea how I would ever even be able to technically accomplish that and from from that time very very even early on I I looked at large-scale work and then all the dragons that really flowed that he was doing it in Japan at that time um, I looked at that and I just it struck it stuck with me even to this day where i look at that large-scale work and it's so especially the japanese shit with all that black fucking background all the black behind everything is so dynamic and it's yeah
0: i had the pleasure of talking to ed at the show and we were talking about you know because the picture you're talking about i think you saw it in the tattoo time the the book tattoo time he's got the five books there and uh, yeah when i was in the uh when I was in the tattoo shop, when I was about 16 years old, I was I was hanging out over there, and uh, it was at uh, Mike Pike's dad's tattoo shop, Tattoo Alley in uh, Palmdale, California. They had a little bookshelf next to the station, and it had all the tattoo time ones that were out at the time. But then I picked it up and looked at it, and it was the same, you know. And then there was the guy with the 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 large dragon head cover up on his chest, oh, holy where it went shit, right over the old sailing ship, and all. And, I mean, it was just the large scale work in it, and, the, and the, you know, Mike Malone doing the Godzilla yeah you know, body suit with Mothra and everything. And I, I'm, I don't know, I was blown away. I didn't even know what to think. You know, I was just like, wow, here I am getting this, like, you know, a, a, a kind of like a simple snake Cobra kind of tattoo. And I'm looking at these tattoos going, man, that's, that's where it's at right there. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just huge full body coverage tattoos. I was I tripped out on it, you know, and You know, later on, you know, go see bands like Agnostic Front and the Chrome Mags, and these guys—the whole fronts are like tattooed with like just, you know, badass tattoo images. It was just an influence thing at the time, you know.
1: Yeah, for sure. Sure. For and you know what? Speaking of bands, man, I, you know, I, I was uh, when I grew up in Minnesota, um, and I had the fortunate uh, opportunity to go see Joan Jett and the Blackhearts at uh, this little, tiny, shitty bar. Club in outside of Saint Cloud, Minnesota. I think that I think the place is called like the Delwyn, and um, that's what somebody told me on Facebook. I don't know if that's fucking true. Somebody in Minnesota hit me up, and let me know. Uh, but the the band that opened, I don't and I don't know who this band is. uh had no idea, but the it was they had a keyboardist, and the keyboardist had two full sleeves. One of his his left sleeve, the face of the crowd was all bright fire. And the, the right sleeve, which was uh, um, all just blue water. And I remember those two sleeves were the first really, really impactful tattoos that I had seen that I was like, what the fuck? Look at that shit. It's so, it looks so good. And yeah. I, I mean, how did you go from... Uh, you know, when you first started, was it those times when you're in the shop and, and you know, either talking with Mike or Ed, how did you take it and, and start doing that large scale shit?
0: Um, I actually just went, when I started working with Mike, I was, I was kind of in a, uh, like a whole, like, kind of out of my element. I mean, I really wanted to get into the shop, but I really didn't know what I was getting into. And then you know, Mike. Mike kind of pushed the larger stuff because Mike was really the only one there that was doing it, and he knew that I wanted to do it. So he was kind of letting me kind of step it up a little bit. Kind of threw me in the deep end of the pool without anything to float on, you know, and kind of kind of let me paddle around. And I think it was like a, it was one of those things where it was like you kind of learn the hard way real fast, you know what I mean? So it was uh, just doing like larger pieces on people that wanted to get bigger stuff. And at that time, it was like. I want to say like between 92 and 95 people really came in and started asking for like, they just want something a little bit bigger. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they would come in and pick a design off the wall because that was pretty typical for the time, but they'd always want to add something to it or make it bigger and do something to change it. So it was like we were doing flash, but we were taking the flash down and just kind of trimming it up a little bit and doing something to it and then making it bigger. So I remember remember the first like large tattoo he let me do at the shop was like this guy's shoulder blade. And the guy wanted like this like archangel uh, trip and everything, and I set it all up and did it, and I felt like I totally wrecked on my skateboard and hit my face <laughs> on the wall, you know, because it was like the guy the guy left the shop. I mean, he seemed pretty happy with it, but you know, being 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 in the tattoo shop and being in the mix, you 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 sit back and go, oh man, what was I thinking with that one? And you know, the uh, the thing about just doing it was like that was it. It was just an exercise and just kind of kind of trying to stay big, and so. I yeah. think the, the larger work just became more of like a habitual thing and more like a passionate thing where it was like, I, I'm doing these other tattoos, but the reward is when somebody comes in and hits me up for the big one, I'm I'm ready to go anytime. So,
1: yeah, that's, that's something that, uh, you know, I've been doing a little bit of more, a little bit of larger scale work. Um, you know, over the years I've done some back pieces and things like that, but I've recently started, you know, two or three more back pieces and, and a couple sleeves and, man, how rewarding that is for me to be able to uh, look at these and see that I've, you know, where I've come from and where I'm going to and then continuing to pro- progress, you know, the art through that process of of doing these things, you know, th- these pieces and, you know, it's it's rewarding for me to see personally, but, you know, it's also... Um, I think nice for the client because, you know, you're putting, you know, we talk, I think we might've talked a little bit about it uh, also about putting, you know, just more time and more preparation. You know, that's been big for me lately is just the prep, you know, the prep is, is key to it. Homework and is So important. Yeah. Dude. Do and yeah, do your homework, do sit your down homework. And, and, and whether that's You know, sketching out on, um, you know, sketching out the back piece and having the structure there. And even if you're going to draw it on, you know, I drew a couple of last back pieces that I did on one really, really big traditional piece. And then one kind of uh, that was a a profile of a of a skull. Um, And then there was it was a uh, the Reaper. So it it had a cloak on it, but the cloak was made of a snake. And. Um, so, but before that I had drawn those back pieces two, three, four times prior to drawing it on, you know, I had had, I had my structure down, I knew where I needed to block my shit in and, and then, you know, so doing the homework prior to, you know, not just showing up and, and winging it is, which is shit, man. I used to do that a little bit.
0: We all, we're all guilty of that one. We all. That's why we all learn like how important. I mean, that's why we can say like the homework is the valuable payoff. You know, because if you don't do it, you you know the results are. You know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Used to do it quite a bit. I mean, it was it was back in the back in the you know mid nineties or whatever. You know, people would come in the shop and it would be a Saturday morning and you would just be pulling up to the shop about eleven o'clock and the shop didn't open until noon, but there was already four or five people standing out front. Yeah. So. You know, we'd go and unlock the door and let them in, let them look around. But by the time 12 o'clock hit, you know, the lobby would be full. And you know the three or four or five of us that were working that day would all walk out into the lobby and be like, all right, I won't tattoo you right now. You come back at 1.30, you know, 2.30 and start telling people times that they're going to get tattooed. And the next thing you know, you know, it was like just sitting down knocking tattoos out. But if somebody came in and wanted something real big, it was almost like, yeah, uh, you, know, you had to set them up to come in a different day, or, or we would actually just probably just uh, take all the rest of the walk-ins and hand them to somebody else and sit there and do the big one. But
1: yeah, just bang, you know. just bang it out.
0: Yeah, and plus we had lackeys that used to hang around the shop all the time too. You know, like like hang arounds. And a uh, long time ago, Pike told us he used to call them ducks. You know, they were guys that would let you do big crazy stuff on them if you wanted to. You know, and it was like, you know, so you end up doing that you know, a few pieces on some, on some, dude, some big stuff. We had this one guy, his name was Mitch and he had a, he was always like coming in and he always had a new tooth that was missing. You know, So we started calling him Mitching teeth, but um, yeah, this guy would come in and then it, we would just, the guy has like pretty much like a bodysuit that was done in like a year and a half's time because every time he came in, everybody would get on him like a pack of sharks, you know, and put big work on the guy and, you know, I mean, it was, we had a few people that got big stuff back in the day. And then, you know, pretty soon it was like once it was all photographed and in the book, it was like the the regular clientele started catching on to it. And then they would see the big drawing on the wall, you know, next to your workstation of what you're getting ready to work on. It would inspire them. And next thing you know, they're coming in and asking you, hey, can I get something like that? Can I have something like this? You know, and pretty much, pretty much was what kind of like set, set it up, you know, to, to doing the bigger stuff was just having willing people lucky enough to even have willing people lucky enough to have people willing enough to let me do it. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, was, I feel very fortunate to be in that situation. Yeah. Come from that,
1: you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that, um, you know, from, I think that happens in every shop, you know, the, the hangarounds, the, you know, you call them the ducks, you know, those are people are always there. And if you hustle, if you want to do, progress you want to do bigger shit those people are there to they're always there to in every city USA you know any city America uh, uh, international you know right. i would imagine the same motherfuckers are over in you know switzerland hanging around oh, shops yeah. and shit <laughs> you know so it's always an opportunity to do that did you find that you were able to with those type of people and even then some of your clients that were coming to you from the area or flying in to see you or whatever, did you find that you were able to kind of advance kind of the aesthetic of your work um, because they were open to that or because why do you think that was that you were able to take? (laughs) I think it's like a
0: combination of just like, information you gather along the way like i had a lot of friends that were uh traveling that were coming in and doing like guest spots at the shop and then we were also getting opportunities to travel far out and go go other places and see other things and you pick up tricks and tips and things and i think it's like that whole community of tattooers and it's like that birds of a feather flock together mentality where when you're when you're tattooing next to or drawing next to or hanging out with or living with for a week, you know, doing the guest artist thing or having them stay at your place and you, and you, and you, and you just have all this information to share and you have all these things, it, it just inspires this other kind of energy that you don't normally have. Then once that is like kind of trapped in your head where it's like I want to do something like that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: when the client comes in, I would have drawings on the wall of like sleeve outlines that I wasn't even doing on anybody just because I wanted to do one. Right. I would just sit at the shop all day and just draw these big like outlines of arms and then fill them in with like design work and like let people come in and be like, oh, that's great. Are you going to do that on somebody? And I'd say, no, but I'd sure like to, <laughs> you know, and they would, uh, you know, they'd be like, well, I'd like to get something big like that, but I want something like this. And the next thing you know, they're pitching you their idea. And, uh, you know, it was just and it was like all the things that you learned from talking to your friends. It was like maybe it's not the best idea that they're giving you, but it's something you can talk to them about with your knowledge and say, I I like your idea, but why don't we do it maybe just a little bit more this way because that would look better, you know, maybe as a tattoo or it fits the arm better if we change it, you know, and, and, you know, just kind of throw a little game on them. And then the next thing you know, you know, you finally get to, you know, I mean, it's kind of like that, uh, I always tell everybody for every for every uh for every dozen tattoos you do that you're probably like this is cool uh, at least I'm working I'm having a good time I'm tattooing you know i mean? I mean then you get that one that gets you all excited you know what I mean right. so
1: Yeah man I I absolutely love what you just said you throw a little game on them yeah. You know that's so man that's so important how 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 big is that man I, you know I look I sit in the shop you know 5 6 days a week and whatever shop I'm in, I mean, it's, you know, I do work one day a week out here where I live uh, at hard luck tattoo. And I, and then at my shop um, in Vacaville, you know, I'm there and you're putting game on people all day, man. That's what it's about. It's, and you have to build that, you know, that I didn't start with that. I mean, I was, you know, my dad taught me some things about salesmanship and respect and, and things like that. But, to really get that hustle in the shop, you have to work on it. Who who do you, who taught you that, or did you have that instinctually?
0: No, I'm, I'm I've always had like a work ethic and a hustle, just because I think that that was something I was I was taught from my father. But honestly, like working at working at a shop in the desert, like where we were at, and just learning all the things that we learn and talking about, I mean. And, and This kind of goes into like another subject, but I mean, I I also think like your lineage, like your pedigree, kind of who brought you in and who taught you. I think your game is almost like an inheritance in a tattoo shop where it's like, you know, people who taught you how to tattoo or where you come from or, you know, so far you know your family tree or whatever in tattooing is a really important part of that because you not only learn how to like tattoo from them, but you learn how to sell the tattoo from them. You learn how to pitch the, you know, the, the work around and get the client into the chair, you know I mean? It's like a, not so much a carny aspect of things, but I mean, like it's, it's a sales job in a, in a way. And it's like, when you got like, you know, a, a shop full of people and you're trying to fish it out and get it going. I mean, like the game is, is it all started, it all started with like trying to just hustle somebody to get at least a, a shop minimum name tattoo on their arm. And then it just escalated from there, you know, right.
1: Right. And yeah. And and at at a certain point, it's not just in the beginning, it's, hey, I want to get this guy to get this name, you know, and I'm going to pull that shit out of this Edwardian script book or, you know, Edwardian script off of the computer later on. But out of the speedball book in the beginning. And I just want to, you know, I just want to do this five letter name and then events. And then later it's, well, I'm going to draw this five letter name on you. You know, I got my structure down. I know how my letter's going to be. I got my little flair to it. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, maybe it still looks like who taught me kind of how to letter, but you know, it's got a little bit of my flair on it. And then eventually it's, it's, you know, I'm going to take this person who wants this minimum name, you know, at this point, this, you know, 60, 80, whatever the minimum is. And I'm going to, turn it into a $120 tattoo, $150 tattoo. Cause I'm going to put us, right. you know, some sick filigree get, underneath it. It's a drop. 50. You're
0: going to get the 150 for it too though. Cause you're going to show it to them and they're going to look at it and you're going to get the money for it. You know what I mean? Oh, like, for that's, sure. That's the thing. You know, I mean, I think uh, going back to what you're saying about like taking that $80 minimum tattoo and turning it into the, you know, doubling the value of it and just merely by just showing them the visual and the, and the enthusiasm is part of the game
1: enthusiasm
0: yeah and and i think that the one thing that a lot of people don't i'm talking about the general public when i say this just kind of being in general that the the whole thing about game is like there's a hundred shops on a city block you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. there's like probably maybe one shop that's got game working at it you know what i mean and then the rest of them are all kind of like getting all the uh all the spin-off stuff that people are just like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll come back later, you know, and then they go down the street. And then it's it's almost like these other guys are like, they're paying the customers to get tattooed, you know? They're not really stepping out and trying to, uh, you know, I mean, like you say, you you take the $80 tattoo, turn it into a $150 tattoo. The guy down the street will do the $150 tattoo for 60 bucks. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like,
1: exactly. You know, that's not
0: a game. That's just basically watering down everything we've worked so hard for. You know? Right,
1: right. And it. I, I find that um, it's the hardest thing is to get the person. Once you got that person in the shop, I was always told you better sell them, you know, you have to sell them. And honestly, me bumping that, you know, minimum name that's, you know, single line or a double line and, you know, a little thick thin and bumping it up to where I'm doing a, a really nice, script style name with a you know filigree drop shadow maybe a, a a bordered shadow or something like that in my opinion and maybe this is just just me but I think I'm doing that client somewhat of a favor because I'm I'm giving him a better product even though it's costing him more it's he will be happier with it long term you know Right. I think that
0: the reason that they come in and want the small name and they want to the know the know the shot minimum and stuff is because they have a, a little bit of an apprehensiveness. But I think if they are presented, like you said correctly, with the with the check this out, I can do this for more, I think then that's when you actually, you know, hook them in. You know what I mean? On that. and that's that's what? the same. I mean, it, it goes all the way up to getting their back done. Yeah. I think people come to me that just want a tattoo on their shoulder. They end up getting tattooed from their shoulder to their knee. Yeah. You know, it just depends on the the subject matter and, uh, you know, the enthusiasm and the knowledge. And, and just, I, I think that, you know, once you get to be a, uh, you know, a tattoo or a, a, some sort of substance at some point, you be, you sell yourself, you know what I mean? Right. It's like it sells itself, you know? So,
1: yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, you know, I agree. And I think that those, those themes and subjects that, you know, we're talking about kind of, they translate to every shop and they, um, translate to, you know, every tattooer who's, um, out there working. And, you know, I'd like to get back and talk a little bit more about, you know, your history and, and maybe some of the, what, tell me about the shop. You came up with Mike Pike and at, was it Psycho City tattoo at that time or where was was, Psycho
0: City that time? Yeah. What's, what's Uh, the my first experience with getting a tattoo and even like doing a tattoo was a hand poke tattoo that (laughs) we did. when we were like 14 years old and a really good friend of mine who's no longer with us at the time. uh, His name was Kenny Schofield. He was the guy that we were at his house doing 4th of July party and we were blowing stuff up and having fun. And his uncle showed us how to like, Kenny and I were in school together. We also took our class together. So, you know, we would, we would hang out. We would like sketch or whatever. And uh, his uncle was like, Oh, let me check that out. And he had a little thing of Higgins ink, And he, took a safety pin off of his jacket and wrapped thread around it and showed us how to do a little hand poke tattoo. And, uh, and I still have the tattoo. I never did. I left it. It's right there on my hand. And, uh, you know, we did, we, did them on each other that day. And that was like, once we realized that's so crazy, it's never coming off. It was almost like it kind of sparked interest. And the reason why I got to know who Mike and his, and, and you know, his family and go to the, the shop in Palmdale at tattoo alley was because he could, to stop tattooing himself after that he kept poking tattoos in his arm and his mom was like well if he's gonna keep tattooing himself i'm gonna have to take him out and like have him figure out how to do this professionally because i can't have a kid looking like you know he's you know just covered in hand poke tattoos so she started taking him down to the shop in palmdale and uh i remember going in there with him a couple of times and just being scared to death because it was like real serious like it was a biker tattoo shop, you know what I mean. There was dudes in there with beards and chain wallets and panheads parked out front, and you know this is probably like nineteen eighty four, eighty five, and uh, you know went in there with him a couple of times and they talked to him and he was trying to get an apprenticeship with Mike's father and uh, Mike's dad didn't have any room for him at the time, so we we're in there just kind of like I don't know, crowding up the lobby and <laughs> getting told if we didn't have any money, get the hell out, you know, and all this. But I remember looking over the wall of one of the stations and I seen this kid in there tattooing and I'm like, this dude's no older than I am. And it was Mike Pike. You know what I mean? Right. And you know, Mike, Mike's almost a year older than me. And I just kept thinking, man, it's so crazy. So anyway, Kenny's, uh, started tattooing out of his house or whatever. And I got a tattoo from him and then he moved away and he got an apprenticeship actually. Um, he started working at fat George's tattoo gallery out in Whittier, which is really cool. Like in the little Puente Whittier area. And, um, I ended up going back over to that tattoo shop after I turned 16 and tried to get this tattoo covered up and I walked in and and Mike was there and we ended up he started laughing at me cuz the tattoo was really bad on my arm and and we it was like the first initial uh, introduction of him and I and and then I you know I, I just kept saving my money and going back there and getting tattooed by a couple of the people that worked there and then after they moved the shop, he started doing a couple more days at the other shop. And I started going in there and then, uh, by the time I was 21, I was pretty much getting tattooed by Mike pretty, pretty regularly. And then, uh, that was one of the things he just, one day it was just, uh, he was getting ready to open psycho city and the opportunity came up for me to go help him paint the walls and do, you know, he didn't really know any, a lot of people in the Lancaster area. So that's where he was putting the shop. So, I mean, that was pretty much my town where I was from. So I went and, uh, Helped him out, and the opportunity opened up for me, and now the rest is history after that. Yeah,
1: that's fucking cool. Sorry, man. I had to let the cat out of the he, That's all right. He was yelling and shit. <clears throat> I think he needs to go take a shit. Gotcha. gotcha. That's fucking cool, man. What's the craziest? I mean, aside from hand-poking your, yourself at you know, 14, 15 years old at a Fourth of July party— talk about that first like few years what's some of the craziest shit that went down that you can still speak about with
0: i can talk talk about it all i tell everybody about this one story man it was like all right you know when you first get into the shop and you start tattooing and it's to me back then it was still a little wild like there was still like a real heavy like party element to like what was going on like people would come in when they were kind of buzzed or drunk or They'd, we'd stay open pretty late. Sometimes we're open until midnight or 1 a.m. So we'd end up with a lot of stragglers from the bar across the street and down the way. And I, the, everyone always asks me, What's the craziest tattoo you've ever done? It's, it's seriously, this is the craziest one. I've done a few crazy ones, but this one here is pretty crazy. Um, well, I'll tell you a couple other ones too, but this one's the best. They're, they're, <laughs> I
1: this, can't wait. This
0: girl came in. And she goes, I want to get this tattoo. And she had this piece of paper with her, and it was the symbol for the artist formerly known as Prince. Amazing. So I was like, OK, where do you want to put it? And her and her boyfriend started kind of laughing. And I'm like, OK, like what's what's so funny? I was there by myself. It was like 11 o'clock. Everyone had left already. And I'd only been tattooing for like two years. So I was kind of like, I'll stay and do it. She wanted it around her butthole, like the <laughs> circle part. <laughs> So I was like, I don't know, man. You know, like now that I'm grown and I'm older, I don't think I would have done it. But back then it was like, you know, 23 years old. I'm just barely learning this. It's like I'm trying to, you know, I live on my own. I don't have any other. I mean, it was like, yeah, I'm doing it, you know, so.
1: Right. Who the fuck cares? It's oh, the craziest an- <laughs> thing,
0: man. I laid her down on this massage table to tattoo her butthole. And she's laying across the table. And at the other end of the table, he's laying with his arms on the table, sitting in a chair. And they're just like nose to nose the whole time, like making it out while I'm tattooing her butthole. Holy shit. And it was so hard to tattoo a butthole, dude. It was like I wasn't technically a good tattooer either. You know what I mean? So that thing had to have been tore up, man. Oh. And I'm tattooing this thing and I'm just thinking the whole time like this is so gnarly you know and uh, yeah they made out and craziest thing and then they left and then the next day I told uh, a friend of mine that I'd seen this dude and he'd brought in this girl and she got this uh, tattoo on her ass of an artist formerly known as Prince and he goes oh I think I know who that chick is I go yeah he goes yeah I think that was a hooker I was like oh man
1: oh that's a that was just
0: like a job you know what i mean right that's a double glove situation there yeah but to this day it's uh yeah that that was probably the strangest one i did the one on a guy whose hand he had like a uh he was an older guy he was probably almost 80 he had his hand was frozen in the position where his like fingers made almost like a peace sign so he came into the shop and we had the uh the old tattoo brand flash on the wall there, and it had the you know the 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 Jesus you know with the sacred heart, and he's holding up his hand, doing the same. The hand is frozen in the same position <laughs> that this Jesus hand is in, and the guy trips out, and he goes, "I need to have that tattoo." I'm like, "Okay," but he wanted it on his arm upside down, so when he held his hand up, when the fingers were frozen, that the Jesus would be in the same position. But he made me. This is what he made me do. He goes, "But can you make him have a bald head and glasses like me?" So um, I have this guy as Jesus tattooed on his own arm, upside you know, down. Upside down with his hand frozen in the same position. It was a, it was interesting.
1: Whoa, man! That is the fucking oh. craziest shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! You know I had a couple crazy tattoos. One just just coming to memory now um, that I didn't do at that time. I, I was working at Picture Machine Tattoo in San Francisco. It's when uh, Guy still owned it. And, and, uh, dude, this guy comes in and I'm working with, um, damn, I, you know what? I'm trying to remember this cat's name. He's from Europe and he, uh, he was coming through on a guest spot. He does, he does Japanese work. Um, shit, man, I'll have to try to remember what his name was. But so me and him are working, uh, in the shop and guy comes in he said, he, he's probably 23 years old, you know, clean cut looking guy. And he's with a couple of his friends and like, oh, yeah, man, can I help you? And he goes, yeah, you know, man, I want some lettering on my arm. I'm like, cool, man. You know, what do you, what do you want? He goes, I want fuck the Pope. And I was like, what do you mean? You want fuck the Pope on your arm? Like seriously? And he goes, he goes, yeah, man, you know, I fuck the Pope. I just want fuck the Pope, you know, I, he had gone into a little bit of the story that he had been raised, uh, you know, Catholic and, you know, he was not happy with that shit, I guess. (laughs) So I'm like, at that time, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was raised pretty staunchly Christian. And so I, I didn't feel like doing it. I didn't want to do that, you know, write that on that guy's arm. And I, I say to the, the other cat that's working in the shop, I go, Hey man, you want to do this? This, uh, guy wants fuck the Pope on his arm. He goes. Fuck yeah, man! I don't care. Have him come on, in. <laughs> well he he ends up doing it. And but if people have some uh, people have some weird ideas, man. There's some crazy fucking tattoos out there.
0: Yeah, people will get some stuff tattooed on them. That's for sure. You know, My the um, tattoos are tattoos that you know, like like guys will lift up their arm and it'll be like the girl's legs, or like they'll have the you know like the dog or the animal or like the girls like you know ass on their belly button and yeah. stuff. Yeah, those kind of tattoos have always cracked me up, you know what I mean? But it's like somehow some of these other tattoos they just take it to the next level, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, me too, man. I I love those little uh hidden meaning tattoos that my buddy Paul, who I'm going to talk to hopefully later today and uh his episode will come out later this week, uh maybe next week. Um he's infatuated with that shit. He he loves all that shit. He's got a bunch of them on him. I did the one where it's uh, a girl. It, it, it looks like when you look at it uh, with the girl's head up, um, it looks like she just kind of has her hand next to her face. Oh yeah. And then the uh, and if you look at it upside down, it's a hand like you know touching touching her vagina. And uh, I did that one on him, and uh, he's got a bunch. He's got the little dog one, and just a just a bunch of funny shit. But yeah, those
0: are rad. I love those.
1: Yeah, the only other place that I've uh, he and I worked in in the Castro at a little shitty shop uh, in the in the Castro on 17th and Market, and um, we worked with a guy uh, who I actually saw at the convention this uh, th- th- this weekend, and he he's the only other guy that I've ever seen do a um, or hear of doing a butthole tattoo, and he he had this guy man doggy styled out just doing a tribal sun, and <laughs> dude, it was treacherous. I mean, it, it's
0: gnarly. It, Oh yeah, my. I mean, I'm not trying to say anything crazy, but I mean, I'm just glad mine was a girl.
1: You know what I mean? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. Everybody always asks me if I if I if I've ever tattooed a penis. I'm sure everybody gets that that uh, request. Well,
0: I tattoo dicks all the time, but I ain't touching no penis.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. I like that, dude. You know, I always tell them that. You know what? I have not yet tattooed a, a a penis, but the day that I do is going to be one of the greatest days of my tattoo career. And I said, because that night I will be going home and my bank account will be fat, (laughs) you know, you got handling fee. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. You know, and I, and I'm just going to cut off, you know, the piercer who's working in the shop a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe a hundred bucks to hold that thing for me. So I wouldn't even have (laughs) to touch, you know, they, they touch dicks every day, you know? (laughs) So, yeah, man. So, um, what uh, we were talking before we had a little uh, this was this was supposed to go down a little bit earlier today and, and we had some technical difficulties. How fucking crazy is it for you, man? And, and for me, I think about this shit now uh, that we're talking over a fucking computer. And, you know, this shit is, you know, we touch base on, you know, whether an email or a text or those days of writing letters you're
0: only you're only a few years younger than me i was you're born in 73 i'm born in 70 i think right so it's like you you grew up in the 80s you watched buck rogers right yeah yeah remember buck rogers and and you know of course you know before that it was a comic and all but you know even like star trek all these things it's like i'm looking at you on a computer monitor (laughs) while you're talking to me yeah and then we have these iphones that can do the same thing now and it's like these pocket held computer devices you know and it's like it's, it's like, so like, uh, like you're living in that time, you know what I mean? Like we don't, we don't live in like bubble cities and the, and the cars don't fly, but I mean, who knows what it'll be in 10 more years, you know what I mean? Who knows,
1: you know? Right, man. And it's, it's, it's so crazy to me. And, and I've been, I've kind of always been this way about embracing what's fucking new, you know? Um, but I'm very, very into, you know, that lineage and that history and, and, um, especially with regards to my tattooing and and where I came from and where I've been and and I am very proud of that and I'm very pr- you know feel very blessed to have had the opportunities that I've had. I was telling a buddy of mine that this weekend, um, and it's just crazy to me, man, to to have all this. It seems like you know getting back to kind of the big work that we were talking about and where you and I coming up had to kind of fight those you know, those lessons and, and, um, break through those barriers by really just looking at magazines and, and looking at, you know, talking to people from time to time, maybe, you know, when you went to a convention and you figured out these lessons a lot slower where guys now, um, they have a, you know, they got a tattoo magazine in their face every fucking day on Instagram. Well, you back know?
0: then you used to have to do the homework, and you know, like you said, you had to do the footwork. You had to go to find the book. You had to find mm-hmm. the place that sold the book. And kind of for me, the fun part about finding the books that I was looking for was all the accidental book discoveries I'd find along the way. You know, because here I am looking for this one book. I find this book, but I'm glad I brought an extra couple hundred bucks because buying that book, I bought four other books at the same time or three other books that trip. You know, and. uh yeah. You know, I have a pretty good-sized library. I'm I'm pretty happy to have that. I know a lot of tattooers these days don't hardly have any books at all. They don't even use them, and it's uh, you know, something that I think is 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 more advantageous for a person like myself to have had that and to have those books because there's a lot of books that aren't in print anymore. People aren't going to buy them anymore. They're not going to get them. They're they're right. amazing books, you know, and they're that that's just to me is a. Uh, an incredible thing, and I, and I think it was worth all the hard work that we had to go through. I yeah. know nowadays guys can go online and watch a tutorial on YouTube, or they can, you know, order some stuff on the internet. I mean, we, we didn't have the internet, no. so the only thing we could do back then was write letters, send photos, make phone calls, travel, drive, you know, things like that. That actually, uh, I don't know. I think it, I think it gave you more of a more substance, you know. Mm-hmm. Of of a, t- I'm not saying anyone has any less substance. I'm just saying it's like. The, adve- the sense of adventure has been removed from tattooing just because of the internet.
1: Yeah, I think I think to a certain extent it has. And, you know, but I, I stand kind of to that we are in an amazing time to be tattooers. And like we talked about before, you know, what's going to happen? And, and I've said it before. I think I said it on the, I read the whole quote on the um, podcast. And I think it was number two with H- Hassoni. And it's about the Michael Malone in that tattoo time magazine where, um, the interview with Michael Malone, where it shows those back pieces of that, you know, the, um, that he was doing with the, the comic characters and shit like that. He talked about tattooing those guys that are consistent hitters. You know, he's not looking for the shooting stars, um, but he's looking for the Sinatras. He's looking for the long run guys, man, that has held true for me for a long time. And, and I think that no matter what the industry does, um, there's always going to be the community of people who are doing the right thing. And honestly, there I, th- I believe that there's going to be some guys who use the internet to their advantage and still put in the hard work and still put in the effort to um, go out and create their maybe their own lineage. And they're going to do great things. Um, it's, you know, I think with everything, the more saturated the shit gets, the more idiots The more easily it is to, uh, get the information, the greater number of people are going to get it, which means a greater number of fuck ups are going to get it.
0: Right. Well, I believe that the internet and the technology is a tool and it shouldn't be used as a crutch. I mean, there's probably plenty of people out there that don't have, you know, the, the, they won't sit down and, you know, they'll, they'll be like, Oh, I'm doing a little mermaid tattoo. So they go on the internet and they hit a button that says, you know, uh, Little mermaid, uh, you know, they'll type in some search engine crap like Little Mermaid coloring book drawing, you know, and yeah. then they just print it out, hit it in the Thermofax, slap it on somebody and, you know, bust it out. It's funny because like, you know, the whole Thermofax thing, that print out on the computer, it just it's removed a lot of the technical aspect of, of that hand eye coordination and the and the control and the understanding of the of the line because for the first uh, like I was telling you, for almost for almost the first ten years I tattooed with Mike, our thermal fax either didn't work. Would catch on fire. We'd repair. I mean, Mike repaired it all the time. He always had it like working it, w- it wouldn't work all the time. But you know, we hand traced almost every single pattern that was on the wall in that shop. I think for for years, it was a it was a really good experience to learn how to like you know draw a wing or learn how to like you know draw fire. You know, yeah. certain certain key I- elements you need f- to make a tattoo look good. You you know, it's like just tracing them all the time by hand and like doing the doing the tracing, doing the copy, and then doing the pattern. And, you know, by the time you tattoo it on somebody, you've drawn that piece of flash three or four times, you know? Yeah. Uh, we didn't, you know, back then it was like a lot of people didn't do the line drawings with their flash when they sold it. So sometimes you just got some flash. You had to trace it yourself. And I, I just think that, you know, this cer- certain people know that they can get away with not doing that with the internet or with whatever. And, you know, like they said, you know, me and my me and one of my friends was talking about they, they just draw a banner. Then they do the lettering with the computer and bend it to fit in the banner it's yes. almost like you know it's that's I mean, bullshit yeah, it looks good once you print it out and that's fine and i guess the end result is the person's happy with the tattoo but in my opinion it's like where's the craftsmanship and where's the pride in knowing that you're 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 actually executing and doing tattooing you know what i mean like where's right. where is that
1: yeah you know what man I, and i think you know those guys that are that are going to do that and maybe they do technically tattoo really really well but i think they're losing some of the their their them doing that is is them taking away some of that luster for themselves you know it doesn't do anything for me cuz I, I i'm going to still draw that lettering in the banner you know and i'm going to still draw that banner and you know the rows that i've that i've drawn you know 3000 times and, you know, I remember times when, um, shit was so busy in the shop that it made more sense to run up with a little piece of tracing paper and a, and a pen and trace the, the design off the sheet on the wall, then go through the trouble of trying to find it in the sheet, then copy it on the copy machine, then stencil it, you know, and then putting it through the stencil, all that shit, it just oh, run yeah. up
0: there. You know, it was harder. But I but I still struggle with lettering and I still struggle with doing things like that to, to this day because I believe in it. You know what I mean? It's something I believe in. I don't mind fighting a little harder to maintain the integrity of something that I totally totally believe in. I'm not gonna take the shortcut out or remove an entire important part of the process of creating a tattoo for somebody by, you know, allowing it to be done for me. You know, I know that, you know, when you're on the computer, you're touching the the keyboard and the mouse with your hand, but you know, it, it, let's 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 be realistic about it. You know, you sit down and you try and draw straight lettering by hand on a banner. It's ten times harder than it is to, right. to, to do that. Other, you know, and you know, I can argue that point with those guys all day long. But the bottom line is, is I believe in it, so I'm going to do it. Others are going to do what they want to do, but I have my my own belief system, and that's what I that's what I'm gonna stand on.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that's important when you have those, that, that, inte- I think that's integrity, you know, I think it's integrity and standing with what you believe in. And, you know, as I've been in this process with, with this new project to this podcast, and, you know, I've been doing a lot more, you know, I, I've been doing my homework, you know, I've been doing my preparation. And, and one of the things that I've been doing is writing, and I've been writing, you know, about these stories and about these things that I've, that I've, these adventures that I've had in my life. And when I'm writing and this is just me. This is one of the standards that I uh, have told myself that I'm going to do when I'm writing and I have my uh, sketchbook or my, my writing book open. I'm not allowed to use my, my phone. So if I'm doing some, let's say in, in addition to writing, I'm working on a budget or working on something else. Well, I can't use my calculator you know, I got to do that shit long division by hand because I it's going to fire my brain more. It's going to not allow me to cheat. And I think that shit is going to translate over into other areas of my life. If I maintain a standard with regards to this, then it's going to be easier for me to maintain a standard with regards to doing lettering in a banner and, you know, really focusing on the structure of of how those those letters are going to look in the banner. Are they evenly spaced because I'm forcing myself to go through that process physically as opposed to with the aid of some sort of digital technology.
0: Right right. Well, we are in that age, man, and it's like kind of frustrating at times when you, you know, you see people using it all the time and 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 kind of leaning on it a little bit, you know, and it's like it's cool for a tool. Like if I if I need a picture of like a, you know, like a uh you know, like something that I can't find in my library, I I'll go online and go through a search engine and try and find it. Mm-hmm. But believe me, when I find it, I'm not taking an exact tracing of it or right. getting line drawing off the internet and like been and like, and like cutting corners. You know what I mean? It's like, I will try and put the time in to at least make it happen. You know what yeah. I mean? To where it's where it's like, okay, I know, I know that it's, you know, going to be correctly done and it's not going to be something that I, you know, cut corners on or whatever. And, you know, it's still a hand handmade piece of art.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that because it's a hand done piece of art, um, you know, there's going to be there's going to be certain flaws and and certain things. And I think I've said it before, you know, and I, I told you at the convention, you know, one thing my mentor told me was was it's not necessarily about how perfect the tattoo is in the end. That will determine how well you are as a tattooer, but it's how well you covered up any little mistakes that you made in that thing. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, oftentimes I'm telling clients that, you know, guys, this, it, it is a hand on art, you know, it's something that's crafted and it, and it comes, you know, from me. And when people come in to ask, uh, about apprenticeships and things like that, you know, I, I break it down for them. I'm not just going to give this shit out, uh, you know the tattooing part of it, uh, out for, to just anybody, you got to fucking prove to me that this is something that you feel as deeply and as strongly as I do about, cause I fucking feel about tattooing down in my soul. Like that's the shit that I was supposed to do. You know,
0: yeah, even the visual part of the tattoo for me, like even the, like the imperfect line here and there, and even like some of the blown out spots or the, yeah. the, the hard shading or things that, you know, maybe it didn't heal right and there might be a spot or two in there. I mean to me, I don't visually to me that is a tattoo. Like a guy told me, he goes, I'm gonna get a couple of these moles removed before I get tattooed. I go, What would you do that for? I mean, tattoo's supposed to be on the skin. Like your moles are just adding to it to for me the 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 awesome characteristic of a tattoo on skin. Like, I mean, if I wanted a perfect canvas, I'd go buy one. Yeah. You know. If I if I if I wanna do a tattoo, it's like freckles and scars and, and shit. I mean, I don't know. For me visually, like I I love tattooing because I love those I love the fact that it's perfectly imperfect. You know what I mean? Right. It's got the look of a tattoo. You know, like my uncle came back from Vietnam when I was a kid. I remember growing up with him and he had the old buzzard sitting on the branch with the blood dripping off his beak and beret skull with a parachute behind it. And you know, he had all these rad tattoos, but they were They were already kind of like in that state where you know a lot of people go, oh, it turned green and faded, but it had that that nice blue green kind of look to it. And I don't know, when I was a kid and I'd put on my, you know, my dad's like you know uh, field jacket and go out in the backyard with a toy gun and we'd play army. I always took a green marker out of my markers and and I drew that skull on my arm every time, you know. And I like I like that look, you know. And to me, it's like I like the tattoos that look like they've been. I I always have customers like, well, when should I come back for a touch up? I'm like, I hope I never see you for one. You know, like I'm not trying to, you know, what are you, it's not like your car, you know, you go take it in and get it painted all the time. It's like, it's a tattoo. It's supposed to age with you and have that look, you know? And,
1: yeah. And people trip out all the time. Like old guys that I, that I see at the coffee shop or see, you know, walking around town or wherever, you know, I come across these guys that have these, you know, what most people would look at and say, shitty tattoos. And I look at them and I go what the fuck look at that eagle with that little you know shield and the and you know um look at that panther head you know how fucking cool is that and i always tell them that man that's the fucking coolest tattoo i've seen today and they always oh what this this old piece of shit you know i got this back in uh you know wherever san diego and I always ask them if they remember who did it and none of those guys remember who did their shit. You know, they were probably half, half intoxicated.
0: Yeah. But it's cool nonetheless. And it's, it's nice to see. And sometimes you see some real strong, solid stuff come through the door and and it's old and it's really old. And, you know, and that's the thing I try to tell people too. Sometimes it's like sometimes tattoos without outlines are like houses without the framework underneath the drywall, you know, because, you know, it's a, I mean I understand like now there's like this whole new way of people are trying to reinvent the the all-color, no-outline tattoo for the, I don't know, third or fourth generation roundabout way. But I always say, man, even if it's a single needle line, put a line on it, man. It's, it's, it's what's going to keep it there. When I see these guys and their tattoos are pretty much almost like no color left, maybe a little bit of that white, maybe a little bit of that like teal or that green yeah. color that's kind of showing through. But the outline is there. You knew it was a hula girl. You knew it was – an eagle you knew it was one of those uh, objects because if you could imagine what that would look like without the outline around you know you would just be looking at what would you know you'd think wow that guy's got a weird scar or like a strange birthmark or something yeah because be anything there
1: how did that guy get burned yeah <laughs> this is a bunch you know, of weird weird yeah fucking orange and yellow and <laughs> r- whatever yeah it uh, makes sense yeah that's crazy man uh, you know one thing i do like that I see people are doing a lot is the painting collab or not painting collaboration, but the, the paint trades and shit like that. You know, it's almost like that's one of the last things, you know, people aren't writing each other letters anymore. They're, they're texting, they're messaging, they're, you know, doing these things on the internet, but even if they're communicating over the internet, they're still putting hand done effort into paintings and you're getting something from this other person that's, you know, hand done and you can, i like that i still like that that people are doing that
0: right and i think it's just one of those things that it's like you, you still evolve no matter how many times you do it and you still get better at it no matter how many times you do it and and uh and trading with other people that you you know like um someone told me a long time ago real recognizes real so like when you're doing these pain trades and you're talking to people and you're you're keeping your like you know your uh your cohorts are so forth, you know, like you keep everyone kind of at a shoulder's distance and keep them close, even if they're miles away Right. and it still keeps the community, you know, somewhat tight and you can, I don't know. It's just nice to have hand painted flash, you know, and yeah. things like that around.
1: Absolutely. And that's one of the things, you know, something that I've said from the beginning of this podcast, I've tried to, I've tried to refer to, the tattoo community, you know, I believe that we have an industry and I believe that we have a community and the community are the fucking long run guys and girls, you know, and the industry is the huge thing, you know, and I like to make that distinction because, um, you know, of having, of of having it as a community, because those people that are doing those paint trades, they're building that community with each other. And, you know, I think that's something that, that could easily get lost with this uh you know with Facebook and the and the weird representation that that we're friends and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Um the actual communication and community of artists that that are are there for each other, you know? So I I, I guess I've I, I've tried to make that distinction uh between the industry and the community. And I like to refer to it as uh, as a community, because I think that's what it needs to be. We need to pull together, and the fuckers that are doing the right shit need to, you know, maintain those communication lines and and you know support I, each other.
0: Yeah, I always feel like you know, like everyone, uh, everyone kind of finds their way in it, you know. And it's, yeah. uh, you know, I always, uh, like the young guys will like talk to me about, it, and I say, well, this is the thing is, like, you know, you can always, you can always get with like the right." People, but you got to be willing to have an open ear and hear what you're doing wrong, along with you know other things. Because like I've had people point out what I've done wrong to me all the time, but not without a little bit of positive reinforcement. So I think that's helped me grow, you know, and 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 do better at what I do. And I and I try to share that same thing with other people. By sure, I'll, I mean you know they always ask me, "You got an opinion on this?" It's like, well, my opinion comes with two things. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna tear it down, but I'll build you up on something else. You know, it's like. You can't just go around telling everybody, yeah, it looks great. Yeah, it looks cool. Oh, that's epic. That's brutal. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, it's like, okay, I mean, how much internet language can we use? You know I mean? Right. Everyone's speaking, you know, in letters and and, and shit. You know, it's like, just, just be honest, you know? But a lot of guys, they don't like to be told, you know, if something's right or wrong with their stuff. They just want to, you know, and I always say there's two different kinds of people in tattooing. In my opinion, there's people that love tattoos and there's just people that like the tattooing they do. And they're like kind of like that other thing going on in tattooing that doesn't really have anything to do with tattooing other than the fact that they're just on their own little trail. And, you know, like I said, I think that the uh, pedigree and the longevity of the, your, your family tree and things like that have a lot to do with how you learn and how you choose to learn. Because even if you're not brought in by somebody per se in tattooing, if you gravitate towards those folks because it's a it's a desire you have, then, then you know, you're definitely – doing the right thing there too, in my opinion, but
1: yeah, I, I agree, man. Uh, I fucking totally agree with that. And, and you, you, that statement that you just made, you said it ex- really, really well, you know, even if you weren't brought up by a certain pedigree per se, but you're gravitating towards that. I think that shows the love for tattooing and not just for somebody's, you know, that their personal, uh, they're personal tattooing, but they they appreciate others. You know, I, I've been going through this stage lately where I've been wanting to do more black and gray shit, you know, and I look at the guys who are top level black and gray guys, you know, I know who they are. I'm, I'm going to look at their stuff and I'm going to try to break down technically what they're doing so that I can accomplish it. I'm also going to pull out some, you know, drawing paper and graphite and I'm going to really try to break shit down. And or even uh,
0: find for a tattoo from them somewhere, you know, like watch them. Do exactly, it,
1: you know, man. I, exactly, you know. Go, go get tattooed. See what they're doing, you know, and support support that, you know. Yeah. I, I I I agree, man. It's it's uh you you have those two different types: people that love tattooing and people that are just into their own shit. And right.
0: Getting tattooed is a huge part of being a tattooer. I don't care what anyone says about that. In my opinion, it stands strong on that because I got so many kids that come in the shop all the time. They're like, "Are you guys taking apprentices?" I'm like, "No, but I'm taking clients for tattoos." <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, "Oh, well, I want to learn how to tattoo. Well, why don't you get a tattoo and see if you even like it?"
1: Yeah. You
0: know, it's a, you know, it's a strange, it's a strange like, you know, they they took art class in school and they're graduation present was a starter kit from their parents it's very strange times you know like my parents would have told me you want what (laughs) you know right (laughs)
1: yeah Yeah. it's crazy Uh, yeah i told i told this girl who came in asking for you know she came in fucking soft selling the actual the you know the desire for an apprenticeship and um started off with i want to get tattooed and she had a couple good pieces on her and um You know, I was talking about that. And then she started, you know, going into her interest in art. And then it boiled down to that she wanted a tattoo. And I broke it down for her, saying, Look, come get tattooed. You know, find that person that you want to have an apprenticeship with and blow that motherfucker's schedule up. You know, as much money as you can scrape together, go get tattooed by them. Build a relationship. I'd almost guarantee that 90% of the apprentice. Uh, apprenticeships that happen out there are tattooers taking on their, their friends basically that have, that have been clients and become close with because they've been getting tattooed and they click and you know, if you're getting,
0: if you're getting entire entire chunks of your body tattooed by the same person, you know, you've bought the coffee and everything else by that point. You know what I mean? It's like, you kind of get a good idea of, you know, what's going on around the shop and if it's something that jives well and then the person who's tattooing you digs you and you dig them and it's something that seems like it's a feasible thing then i always feel like it's always been one of those what why not yeah, you know? yeah. i i have i have i have a funny story a guy i work with he was telling me a story about how uh, this is funny how in my and, and this is something else that uh, me and pike talked about not so long ago was uh how how mainstream in a way things have become because i was saying like you know my parents would have never condoned any of the you know, wants and desires of me wanting to be tattooed or, you know, picking this as 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 my, you know, something I'm going to do for the rest of my life. So, you know, um, Mike's sitting there telling me like, he's all, you know, I'm covered in tattoos, man. And it's like this guy hands me his business card. <laughs> you know, he does tattoos and I look, I look at him and say, do I look like I have any room on my body for another tattoo? You know, and the guy just <laughs> kind of stared at him. But he goes, then I walk in the store and it wasn't 15 minutes later, you know, the kid bagging my groceries and the lady working the cash register go, who does your work? You know, And it was just like back in – you know, just a long time ago, people would be like, oh, man, get this guy out of the line and you know, check him out and just get him out of here type thing. And a uh, guy I work with, Adam, was telling me a really funny story. He goes, I was standing in the uh, line at uh, this place where we gets bagels all the time and, and, and out there where we work in Santa Clarita. And he was like – and I'm standing there and this lady walks up to me and she goes, excuse me. <laughs> and I looked at her and he goes – she goes, Are you going to regret that tattoo on your neck one day? And he goes, Huh? And she goes, Well, I was just watching this TV show, and there was a guy on there who said that he really regretted his neck tattoo and was going to laser it off because he got tattooed on his neck and he really regrets it now. And he goes, I didn't know what to say to her. He goes, But I wanted to just grab her purse and take off running, you know, <laughs> just, just, just to let her know, you know, it was like, Hey, You know, we're still, we're still, we still don't want to talk to you. You know, some of us are just still Still pirates. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of funny how that, that, you know, when, when moms would shuffle their children away from you in the grocery store aisle, now they're all like, you know, like, Oh, you know, cool tats, man. You know? So it's, it's (laughs) totally different times, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it is man. And it's fucking, uh, it's interesting times I think. And you know, I just want to thank you man for coming on here and supporting this uh, podcast and what I have going on and supporting me. It means a fucking ton to me. I mean, I'm
0: glad you're doing uh, something positive and uh, I think it's really cool and I, I enjoy the ones I've listened to so far and I was glad you invited me.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you, man. And I'm, I'm getting, getting the production value up a little bit and, and I'm working at it. I'm fucking putting in my homework, man. And, and, I appreciate it. Tell tell these guys where they can get a hold of you and if you have anything going on as far as you know if you're selling any paintings or if you know just where they can get fucking come out and get tattooed.
0: Oh yeah, um you can just basically reach me um on my website at americanmadetattoo.com or I'm uh, working in uh, Santa Clarita tattoo at Eternal Art Tattoo and uh you can you can get a hold of me either way, you know, um, both shops. Well, my my shop is my website, um, but I work at Eternal Art Tattoo. You can reach me there. They also have a website for Eternal Art Tattoo. You can contact me through there. Um, I always have artwork, and and I'm always like redoing the website. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have really cool website guys that allow me to uh, update my website like all the time from my mobile device. So I'm always doing my pictures from my cell phone. So my website's always new. It's always got new photos of artwork or tattoos. So it keeps it interesting, and it's also a mobile app. So if you wanted to get my website, you just go on your uh, mobile, go to AmericanMadeTattoo.com. And then uh, once you're on there, a little balloon will drop down. And then at the bottom, you just hit the little arrow and it'll say if you want to add it to the homepage. And you say, yeah. And then the icon shows up as a mobile app. And it's just a a shortcut to the uh, mobile version of my website.
1: That's fucking cool, man. I like it. <laughs> that's uh, That's great. And you know what? For those of you who know, you know, get out there and fucking get tattooed by this guy. For those of you who don't know, you better educate yourself. Go to the Check out this guy. Now you're on Instagram as well. I know your Facebook yeah, is Instagram. full
0: up. Um, I'm, I'm, I have a Facebook account, but I'm, I'm hard. I don't really use Facebook anymore. I'm not you really on there anymore.
1: You got five, you got 5,000 close friends on there, my friend. So nobody else can friend you there. <laughs> <laughs> so you are you on Instagram and what's the Instagram?
0: The Instagram is just Jojo Ackerman, one word. The last name has two N's at the end. Yep. So Jojo Ackerman, J-O-J-O-A-C-K-E-R-M-A-N-N.
1: Cool, man. Fucking honored to talk to you, dude. Thanks, and dude. I, I appreciate
0: time. it. I'm really happy to. Thank you.
1: All right. All
0: right. <laughs>
1: Hey, thank you guys for uh listening. Um that was uh a discussion with Jojo Ackerman. Again, you can find him at uh, americanmadetattoo.com. Um I highly recommend going out and getting tattooed by that guy. Um and supporting him, uh supporting the shops uh that he's involved with and and uh let them know what you let him know what you think of the podcast. Hit him up on Instagram and um again, if you have any questions or Or uh, any suggestions for uh, guests, go ahead and hit me up uh, at Swanson on Twitter, at gmail.com. You know, so plenty of ways to get a hold of me. Uh, You can like the Facebook fan page I just created for the podcast, Joe Swanson Propaganda Podcast. And, uh, you know, that's it. I appreciate you guys listening, and, and I've got a lot of positive feedback, so trying to book up some uh, more guests and and get some great people in here to to bullshit with and propagate some of that positivity through. So uh, enjoy your day. Thanks for listening. And stay on your hustle. Stay positive. Uh, Remember to breathe. And that's about it. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And we'll talk to you uh, again soon. Thanks.